and we are live. Welcome, guys, to Short Convos with myself as Miralai and... Uh, JC, we're a light cashman. JC, we have some unfinished business from last week, I do believe. We do, we do. We have some unfinished business. Uh, what, what are we starting with, numbers or Attenborough? Oh, I think Attenborough's the big one. So let's do, I think numbers we can kind of get through a bit quicker and then we'll yeah. get on to Attenborough. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. I don't know if you uh, researched it, but I had a little look up on numbers. Uh, what, what I found was numbers should be distinguished from numerals, the symbols used to represent numbers. Mm. So I think actually last week, were we not talking about numerals rather than numbers? I think in most instances, yes, we were talking about numerals. But I, I, is that when we were talking about the conversation, the, type, the idea of it being... Uh, a higher level of communication yeah yeah i think so okay and then uh like we've always had a, a thing with numbers and also the i thought this was interesting what i read the association with number it kind of goes with what we were saying last week for instance the number 13 is associated as an unlucky number not a value or or a mathematical quite it's just it's un, and like a million you say a million you expect in your mind, it's a big group of something. So I, I, I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, the idea of numbers and the process of counting goes uh, back far beyond history began to be recorded. There is some archeological evidence that suggests that humans were counting as far back as 50,000 years ago. So, and then my last fact for this week, uh, the, they believe according to history uh early humans started drawing first i.e on walls and caves uh secondly script so you know written and then finally numbers as in the digits interesting i i was wondering i didn't get to do any research on it but i was wondering if any animals and i'm guessing they can count and be aware of numbers right because i'm sure with monkeys and things like that they must know when there's two balls or three balls or three sweets or one sweet there must be something there in terms of animal kingdom and numbers yeah i i don't know it well uh, i suppose i've seen a animal count their young yeah that's that was my next example was yeah like a, a litter of kittens or something a mother would be aware if one went missing uh, yeah and I don't, I don't know if that's a thing and if, you know, if we're talking like nine and that's that's that certainly is some kind of awareness of the number of things present. Yeah. And I don't know if it, things like apes ever count with their fingers. Oh, if no, you'd ever sit, I have no idea. It's it, to tell us. going down a rabbit hole, but we'll have to we'll have to have a look at it and uh, yeah. and find out. But I think that's a nice segue into uh, our next conversation because you were very passionate about uh, this David Attenborough documentary you watched, so I had to go see. What, what was getting you all worked up and uh yeah fair enough <laughs> okay you got it what, what did you get then as fair enough well like to be honest i watched it and i spent most of it just doing this yeah <laughs> smiling yeah, because we're we're really we're quite aware of this me and Anne. like she's a vegetarian so she brought a lot of attention to it to me from that food point of view and he talks about the idea of going a bit more plant-based uh, and the, the agricultural cultural costs of eating so much meat like we do. 
Uh, and we've always tried to be very conscious with things like recycling and generally doing our little part to care for the environment as best we can. But the, he was talking big picture uh, mm. and it, it was quite, quite upsetting. And I think the hardest part for me, the bit that got me the most spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen it yet, go watch it before you get into this podcast, uh, where it showed the numbers turning over for each 10 years or whatever it was, every period yeah. of life that he was discussing uh, and just watching those numbers just go the wrong way constantly. It, I was just, it's heartbreaking because you know that's not going to change anytime soon. Yeah. What, what I found uh, staggering, which I had no comprehension of, like you're saying about the meat, uh, is 30% of the living beings on this planet are us. Uh, 60% is what feeds us. And that was like leaving 10% for the rest of the world. It's like, that really blew my head. And yeah. uh, we, we didn't talk about it at all last week, did we? Because I don't want to- No, we, we said we'd hold off. So no. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not eating meat during the week now. Wow, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going completely veggie, uh, just because I've had a, a personal relationship with food over the years, and I've been vegetarian before, and uh, yeah, I haven't had the best relationship with food, let's say, and I'm in a good place and a good relationship with food. Uh, for instance, I'm eating well and everything like that, so I don't want to completely go, uh, but yeah, but I've made a point, like I don't eat sweets during the week, for instance, now I'm not going to eat meat during the week. Yeah, I will say, because that was the only part of the documentary where I, I bit back a little bit against it, uh, in the sense that a lot, of, a lot of research and studies has been done into what it would look like if we all went vegan. Uh, and really, the amount of land it would take to plant the amount of plants that would be needed, there, it, it brings its own set of issues uh, like soil health and all of these problems and things like pesticides and all of that from, from eating plants. So I don't know if a vegan diet and going all the way is the solution, but I think something like what you're saying, and we're we, like, I often eat vegetarian just because Anne is vegetarian and we'll have a veggie meal. Uh, I don't have a thing where I have to have meat with every single meal. And I think that's a big part of it is some people, it's not a meal unless it's got a, an animal on it. What, what I took from it all was uh, the, like this conversation was saying about meat is it's just completely out of balance. Yes. And uh, that, that's where the problem, problem lies. And for instance, uh, Laura, my wife, she's been vegetarian, you know, speech marks for a while, but uh, I suppose I would refer to myself in the same way now as a free eater. So rather than a vegetarian, a free eater, and I choose not to eat meat during the week. You know, if we go on a holiday, if we go away, if we're traveling, or like there were some leftovers from the kids' dinner that I took for lunch, it's like, I eat it. It's not like, oh, I'm a veggie, I'm breaking the code or anything. Yeah, it's, it's like we, we say all the time, the balance thing. People are just, it's just too easy. And people are just so excessive now. And there's no consciousness to it. I think that's the saddest part. You know, I, the, the one thing I can't stand is people who eat meat, but they won't eat meat off the bone because it feels too much like an animal. And that for me is like, you've got such a disassociation with your food because you should know that, yeah, that was an animal and it died and it died for you so that you can eat it. You were eating a little piggy. 
you and you should come to peace with that and if you can't come to peace with that you need to have a conversation with yourself about what you're putting into your mm. body because if you if it has to look like a a blob for you to feel comfortable with eating it then that's that's not right is it uh it's interesting i didn't think we'd get so much onto the topic of uh diet and vegetarianism from it but i think it was a huge part of what he was saying uh in terms of just the damage it's doing to the world yeah yeah, I think we're responsible in the biggest part for uh, damaging the animal kingdom, the wild, by eating it, basically. Uh, yeah, in terms of like the action an individual could take today that would make a difference, I think that yeah. would be the most significant one. Uh, and it's, again, you don't have to go vegetarian, don't need to go vegan, but you should start becoming a bit more conscious. I don't know if you saw the law that got passed in the UK very recently. Uh, it's it's basically meaning now it, we had a law that was protecting us from having meat imported that had had pesticides on it, that had had uh, growth hormone and all of this stuff. And that's basically been abolished now. So if you're eating any meat that's from another country, there is now no process it needs to go through to ensure that it hasn't been exposed to wow. chemicals yeah. yeah it got very quietly put through very recently so all the more reason that if you're going to eat meat to you know go for free range to go for locally sourced to support local farmers and yeah not to not to reach out and just eat the cheapest thing i think mean, that's what you hear a lot this is like, while we're on the topic people say oh well you know i can't eat this organic chicken because it costs five times as much why is it so expensive and i say to them your question's wrong it's why is that one so cheap why yeah. can you buy a whole animal for two pound fifty that's not right you shouldn't be able to buy a whole bird for two pound fifty that's the problem you shouldn't be able to go in a shop and get eight chicken wings for two pounds that's that's what's wrong not the ten pound for the the organic bird and yeah don't eat that much chicken. Eat a lot less, but when you eat it, eat a proper, you know, proper animal that's run around and eaten grass and not been pumped full of water and chemicals and hormones. Mm, yeah. So, well, going back to the actual documentary itself, like uh, the message, and obviously, you know, yeah. that that's what resonated, and you sort of sit there at the end, uh, taken back by it. But I actually, I really take note and really enjoyed the documentary as a whole. I think it was just so well scripted and put together. I'm sure David Attenborough has a big part to play in that he's not just the narrator. And uh, then there's a team that we don't know about, you know, from the cameraman to a woman to everything else. But I just thought it was very well put together because I sat down not expecting to watch that documentary, uh, we were sitting down with the girls to have a TV dinner, and it was like, oh, let's just put on David Attenborough because, you know, you get to see some wildebeest or, or something like that. And I think that in itself was good because it, it caught you somewhat a little off guard. Uh, but I thought the whole package of the documentary was so well, yeah, pieced together. So it started with him, uh, you know, basically saying why we should listen to him because he's 90 whatever years old he's traveled the world however many times over and he's seen in his lifetime these things happen 
And then he did give the doom and gloom. You know, he gave, and like you said, those numbers were going up. But what I thought was really good about it was it got to a point where he then changed that and they gave the examples of the fishing. So, for instance, where countries are now designated no fish areas, all the fish have come back and it's actually helped populate the fishing areas. And he started to give off more examples, more examples. And, uh, you know, it finished actually quite positive in the sense of you've got to do something, but this is where we can be with actually quite little, little effort. And looking at the guy and listen to him, it's like, we need something like, he probably never would want to do it or the right person anyway, but we need people like that in, pol in political power uh, that will you know, understand a problem uh, and then look to fix it in a constructive way rather than just sort of in my opinion they're just sort of trying to get each other down all the time yeah very much so the the, the great part of it when he's at he's speaking at that summit and the woman yeah. who's leading it, and she says you could retire and just you know enjoy your golden years you, you've led a great life and he even says he goes i kind of wish sometimes i could not be involved in all of this because it, it's it's heavy stuff uh, but he obviously feels compelled from what he's seen. And it's so powerful coming from him because like you said, he was there when he was 20, 30, and that's like 70, 80 years ago. And he's been back every 10, 20 years and has physically seen the change. Well, he said they failed to an island uh, that you couldn't get to because of Glacier. It's like in that period, it's like, yeah. it's mad. Yeah, it's, I think that's what's, I don't know why we, it doesn't get through to us. I guess it's because we're not flooding or we're not dying from uh, sun rays just yet. So mm. we, don't, we don't take it as seriously as we should because we don't see it in the day to day. Uh, but it's, it's happened so rapidly. Like when you think about it, it, all the damage has been done in the last hundred or so years. Uh, and it's only accelerating with more population, more cars, more fumes. Yeah, more, yeah. Yeah, more eating, more. It's, uh, we're getting very efficient at, at destroying the planet, which is a really messed up thing to say. Well, but, it, it comes around again on several things, but like he highlights it at the end. We're, we're uh, destroying the planet, but we're not in a sense harming it because it will recover. Like he went to Chernobyl, didn't he? Yeah. We're destroying our chance of survival is what yes. we're doing. That's what, what he said. Yeah, we're going to bring ourselves to extinction uh, yeah. if uh, that's, that's where it would go to. And let, yeah, give Earth enough time and it will recover and heal from anything we've done to it. I mean, we've had it with all the planes being put down because of COVID uh, and the atmosphere is all clearing up and the sky is all clearing up because just a few months of not all these planes in the sky. So yeah, the, the planet, it's kind of like the planet's like your lungs and we just keep smoking. If you stop yeah. smoking, it'll eventually clean itself out through its natural processes. But we just seem to be smoking more and more and more and doing more and more damage. But like you said, it does finish on uh, a gleam of hope that if we make some changes and we move in a certain direction that we can. And, you know, electric cars are starting to become more of a thing. But until those electric cars that are being plugged into that outlet and not being powered by fossil fuels being burnt yeah, at, yeah. at things. And that's what I mean. It's such a bigger issue than 
people at home. So I think a lot of people think, well, I can't do anything, but you, you can, but we all have to do it for it to collectively mean something and be worth, worth a damn. Yeah. And then, you know, the powers that be, it's what they can do, isn't it? Then the, that supports the further, the further masses of it all. Yeah. I'm really glad he did it because, uh, you know, we all know he's going to go very soon, you know, but hopefully he lives to a hundred and has a healthy, lovely life, but he's lived a long time and he will go and he will always be remembered as a treasure. And he's always had done a great job of introducing people to nature and making people more aware, but it's always been up to this point. This is nature. Look how beautiful it is, but it's nice that he's took such a stance uh, and, you know, he got quite emotional and he even got angry at points uh, and said, look, this is a problem and it needs to be addressed. And I've seen it. And like yeah. when he was at the summit and, you know, he's talking, you can see, and he doesn't need to be, he's like well over the hill. He could be rocking in a chair to his heart's content, but he almost feels obliged because of the good life that he's had. He says, I've had a lucky life, yes. uh, that he should be doing this. I, I just think that's really admirable. I think the guy is, yeah, is absolute, as you said, absolute treasure. Yeah, he really is. And it's such a great example of whatever field of life you're in, you you should, you know, you're going to take from it and benefit from it and all the rest of it. And then your duty at the end of it is to give us, give it back, you know, give back what, what it gave to you in your life. And if you can leave it a bit better than when you, when you walked into it. And I think if everyone took that approach and we all took that to what we bring to the world, the world would just be a much happier place. Yes, definitely. Right, let's soldier on, save the world now. Done deal, done deal. Well, I'd have David Attenborough around the table. You know, we said about who do you have at a meal. Uh, I'm, I'm putting him on a chair now. We, I, old story here. When I was trying to get one of my first jobs, uh, I went to WH Smiths and they did group interviews. And one of the question was, of all the authors who have wrote an autobiography who would you like to go on a date with uh, and everyone was saying you know the, the hot woman the hot guy and all of this and I said David Attenborough everyone burst out laughing and I was like I just think he'd actually be a nice conversation at a yeah. dinner table like you'd have a lot more to say than Jordan or whatever you guys are going on about uh, so yeah I, I'd agree with you put him put him at the dinner table I want to talk about the week and share a bit of that so how has your week been the week has been good. It's uh, England, for anyone who's listening from abroad and isn't aware, we've moved into free stage uh, of COVID secureness. So uh, that's been interesting watching that unfold. In terms of my life, everything is kind of ticking along just fine. Uh, we're lucky enough, fortunate enough to be able to carry on business-wise. So that's a bit of a way off. Uh, shifting into the autumn, I felt that I, I got a little rundown for a few days with the weather sh- weather switching, uh, but I'm kind of back on it now. So yeah, it's not been too bad. Yourself? Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I've worn a grey shirt today. I'm usually we're all usually black and white. I don't know if you noticed. Um, to uh, just indicate that that's how I kind of feel. I'm okay. a shade of grey at the moment. Like if you see me, if you want to get the bell ready, you know, teaching or. Ding. Or if I, you know, met you in the street, then you'd have the same light as usual. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Poster 
positive uh, plus exclamation mark. Uh, but this last week, uh, I find it actually hard to explain. Uh, it's different to, we've spoken about this roller coaster, haven't we, of emotion with this whole COVID. It's not like something's happened. Uh, it's a collection of things. And I felt it coming on last week and I've got really familiar over the years of uh, grief and when it rears its ugly head and it marks 14 years at the end of this month that my uh, mum passed away suddenly and it's uh, it's not like I have those dates in the diary we don't you know light a candle we don't do anything as such we actually celebrate the birthdays and everything uh, but when something as traumatic as that has happened you don't forget the time of year and I didn't see a picture didn't read anything it just sort of comes over you, uh, yeah, it's hard, hard, really hard to explain. And then there's a number of other things. I had like a couple of uh, late nights where I stayed up watching something real late and then I was sorting out some photos one night real late. And I think a few things then build up and it's almost like walking around, the only way I can explain it with a cloud over your head, a cloud with you. Uh, but the difference between, you know, when we said like, oh, you get a little bit stressed about, you know, COVID and work or, or whatever else. It, it's completely different to that. It's your, your brain, or I find my brain stops functioning. I, I, at times I can't write properly, can't speak properly, can't think properly. It, it, you just go into this really weird state. And uh, I felt it coming on last week uh got to this weekend and like i was probably running on a on a half tank sunday and then monday it was like just complete plummet down uh by the end of the day i got myself back up did a bit of teaching uh, lauren's really supportive and things like that helped and then tuesday uh i would say i was about 50 50 uh like i'd have a moment all right moment not all right and like now i'm probably back to about three quarters full i feel like i've you know jumped out but looking back i would have been in it for a bit longer and not realized and uh, you can overthink things you start thinking about things that you've laid to rest you shouldn't be thinking about and everything else so i wouldn't usually share it but i i just thought you know it, we talk about everything and anything and uh, not that I thought about it, but it ties in. It was mental health week at the weekend, wasn't it? For, or day for nationally. I just thought uh, of sharing it. No, I appreciate it because I, that's how we know. I say I felt run down for two weeks and I did, I had a cold, but everything you've just said, pretty much word for word I've, I've gone through the same thing uh, and I'm, I'm very aware of it that it happens to me seasonally so like I've talked about you know enjoying the sun uh, and I'm, I'm very conscious of when I think the last week of sun has come and gone uh, and that we're going to now just be in rain for the next four months and I'm all right with it but for a week my body kind of rejects it and says no and it, it throws a bit of a tantrum uh, and that headspace thing that you said is very true and I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's something that we should resist. I guess sometimes you just want to be 100% all the time. And that's just not the reality of life, is it? Is we're just not. My, not my experience, no. Like uh, my experience, there's something happening. Like I said, this is different to someone banging into your car and you're getting pissed or something. This is really different to anything like that. It's almost like there isn't an external force that causes it, it's an internal thing. Yeah. And uh, looking back, mistakes I've made is trying to plow on through it. 
like to keep going. Like Sunday, I had a load of things I could have got ready for the week ahead. I had it all planned, what I was going to do, everything else. I basically just sat there all evening watching American football. Uh, and that's what I needed at that time. And yet, like Monday, I needed to do the class just to like, switch out of it, just to have a, have a time, time away from it. And that was part of the coming out. I think if you overthink these things or feed it too much, like I've had a lot of experience with uh, my father who dealt with, you know, severe depression and uh, had a lot of experience talking to different people about it. And one of like, the mind group, when we went to see uh, a counsellor there, he said that, you you've got to be careful you don't feed these things and it's like people going to the doctors it's like people ill and things like that you can feed it and yeah that, that's what i think from my own personal experience you've really got to watch yeah it's also cycles isn't it because we are i'd call us both type a personalities we're quite you know we go get it we're, we're, we're happy to work we're happy to put it put in the grind and then sometimes the problem with that is is like you said you need a day of doing absolutely nothing but you can talk to yourself at the end of that day and go well that was a waste of a day you could have got this done you could have got that done and you start like down talking yourself and yeah. then that puts you in a cycle because then you feel guilty that you didn't do all the stuff then you feel like you were being lazy and instead of like you said you do a little bit to just pull you out of it for a moment to like ease you back into norm you then either go really hard again and stress yourself out or you loop back to feeling crap uh, and you start you do that again and then you end up in like a four days of just not not pulling yourself out of it and i think that's where uh, i mean i don't know but i think that's where a lot of depressions and mental issues can begin it's, yeah. it seems like a small thing and it snowballs the the experience with my dad like i would say like i i've seen it you know pretty brutal firsthand well i have uh, for a number of years and i i would say i i've probably dealt probably all of us at some point deal with a bit of mental mental health mental depression or whatever else yeah. uh, but that chronic or whatever the word is that severe depression where you know medication is needed or you know, further uh, help is uh, they, the guy, whoever it was we saw was explaining, it might have been another guy, how uh, like my dad was dealing with things that were issues like we all deal with, you know, uh, be it, you know, do you, you, he, his thing was uh, our grandparent, my grandparents, his mum, dad were getting elderly and uh, the, you know, dementia and things that come with that. And uh, we're, we're all dealing with something in the background, aren't we? Be it kids, be it business or whatever else. So that has a, a toll, you're on edge. And then he was explaining like the death of my mum is what puts you over the edge. And something like that changes your circumstances. So we might have a bit of a problem with, or for instance, take my dad's problem with the grandparents, uh, my grandparents, his mum, dad, but he could then go back home. He could vent it off to my mum. They could chat, they could, you know, everything else. And then you're back in like your secure bubble. Uh, and what this guy was explaining is he didn't have that secure bubble anymore because that bubble had gone and he was still yeah. getting all the other crap. And it's like, there's no shield now. You're, you're just getting full on radiation of it. There's no safe space. Yeah. And uh, that, that's something I, I think people have to really watch out for in real traumatic or, you know, like for instance, losing a partner or, 
you know, uh, God forbid, a child or, or something like that. It changes your day to day. I think until that point, you should, you know, really sort of, for a better way, suck it up and, you know, find your way through it kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I've tried to be, I've tried to be really active in practicing gratitude recently uh, and, and to the point of writing things down. And it's little things like the other day I got to go to the dentist. I actually managed to get an appointment and I hate the dentist. I can't stand it. But I wrote down, you know, I'm grateful that we have these services and I can go and get that done. And it's a little thing, but then it, it just stops you from becoming someone who looks at the world through a lens of this is shit, this is crap, this is going wrong. Uh, and I, I think that's a really important part of it is, is you reprogram your mind to how you look at the world because you can choose to see it one way, you can choose to see it another. Extreme circumstances like a partner dying, it's very different. But I think in our general day-to-day, -day, it's very easy to, to get caught up in a negative cycle. And I think yeah. something like just practicing some regular gratitude for the little things in life uh, and that's something COVID taught us when it all first came around and we realized just how fragile everything we have is uh, and we're not as secure and safe as we all thought we were. I think, yeah, we take it for granted sometimes. We just got to be, be aware of it. But there's nothing wrong with being sad. There's nothing wrong with being upset from time to time. Uh, I think that's important as well. You've got to be allowed to feel that. I way. think some, some of it is needed. Uh, I think my feelings are like when I feel this grey are related to grief. Uh, I think the underlying, like I, I've not been to see a psychologist and sat on a, uh, a chair or lay back on a bench and smoke, but I think the underlying thing is, is grief and uh, everything else just sits on it and it weighs it down even more. And I think you have to grieve. I think, you know, it's been 14 years. Uh, it, it, I'll probably be doing it forever. I think you have to go through these stages and fighting it doesn't help. And like right now, uh, having a short convo about it, talking about it really helps. I don't need to see it, sit on the couch and have someone break it down for me. I've got my wife and then, you know, great friends like you who I, I can talk to. And I think that's really important. And I actually now feel better for it. I feel like the, the little flower that hid away because it was all dark has now opened up a bit and I'll you know, go get in a white t-shirt again. Ah, good man. I, I, that's whenever you hear the advice about mental health, isn't it? It's a problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah. Uh, and just, just talk it out because I think it's good for you to talk it out because you express it and you get it out from your head where it's just like a little yeah. tumble dryer going around. Uh, and then, you know, they'll probably say something to you that resonates or even if they don't say anything and they just sit there and you just feel their presence. I think that that does a massive part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Mental health is, I'm glad that it's getting more attention now. And I'm glad that, especially for men, uh, I think we are getting more comfortable with talking about it. And, yeah. and acknowledging it's not, it. it's not a taboo now is it no definitely definitely less which uh which is a great thing i'm, I'm glad to see that happen i was talking about claire a little while ago um, the other week other episode uh, about suicide and yes. it's for instance like oh, you couldn't have ever said that you know could you it was like oh you don't but it, it's it's something that is known now isn't it and it's discussed yeah and i think it needs to be and i think that's if it's if it's discussed then we can find solutions and we can figure out where it's coming from if we all hide from it then it's just going to happen in the background anyway you can't just push it under the carpet 
uh, it deals to it runs to bigger issues down the line. Yeah. So uh, you did the uh, uh, we spoke about saving the planet and our mental health. So do you want to do the uh, first quote uh, uh, for us to finish it off? Let's do it. Let me pull my one up. I had it saved. Come on, you. Where are you? Dun, oh, dun, dun, dun. drum roll drum roll Brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
I mean, last week we talked talked about our favourite sweeties, so yeah, we've we've done lighter, <laughs> but it was nice. Sometimes the heavy stuff needs to be spoken about. Exactly, exactly. Boom, Always guys! Give us a like, give us a follow, and we will see you guys on the next one. They can share it, can't they? They can share. Share it, like it, comment on it, get involved, and keep the conversation going, please. Peace, Peace out. out.